today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Yesterday, we told you the story about uh, Canada's top 100 CEOs, and they, they make gobs of money. I mean, 193 times more than the average Canadian before noon. In other words, from the time they start in the morning, 8 o'clock or whatever it is, till about noon, they make more money, 193 times more money than the average Canadian worker does. I mean, that's, it's, wow, it's just out of sight I mean, to think that that's going on. Now, there's an argument to be made about, you know, compensation for CEOs and big companies, and, and there are some people that are just plain resentful about that, and I understand that. But on the other hand, I, I'm trying to look at both sides of the issue here. And these are people that have immense responsibilities with huge corporate responsibilities as well. And, you know, the companies, these are private sector companies uh, for the most part. So, I mean, you know, they're paid according to what the company says this individual is worth. Here's the other problem, though. Now that they've peeled back a few layers and done a little analysis of, of those 100 CEOs that are making all that money, of the 100 that were monitored here, two were women. Only two of the top 100. 98% male, which begs the question, I thought we'd crack through that glass ceiling. Maybe not. Uh, women uh, will still tell you about uh, about wage inequity, salary inequity, uh, and the fact that some people just seem to be knuckle-dragging when it comes to, to looking at women in, in potential positions of power and, and responsibility. So maybe we're not as far advanced as, as we seem to think we are. Let's ask uh, Theo Sellis, registered family therapist and president of Integrity Works, who joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about the report. Hi, Theo. How are you doing today? Very good, and Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you, too. I hope it's a great one for you. Uh, we, we, we've talked about societal uh, impressions and societal attitudes towards this. Uh, and, and I wonder if there was a, some point with Theo, this, this feeling that, you know, we've actually done this now, that we have laws about gender parity when it comes to wages, you know, they're... Uh, we're encouraging women in the workplace, and, and everything seems to be fine now. This report really indicates that at the upper echelons, there's, there's a long way to go. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, and, and, and maybe what it boils down to, although I'm sure there's a number of factors involved in, in terms of women and how they're treated beyond just pay equity. It also um, involves stories about social equity and home economic equity and child care equity. Uh, but bottom line, what we end up here is a very clear indication that when push comes to shove, women are seen to have less value than men. If we look at value being uh, in proportion to salary, then it's very clear women are going to be paid less than men, even though they're doing the same jobs. And that that actually is uh, pretty consistent in pretty much every occupation. So, uh, for instance, even in uh, now prior to sort of non-traditional female roles like doctors. Now I think there is at least as many women uh, graduating from medical school as men. I think it's uh, more now. E even more. Uh, so uh, even so, even if there is the same proportion of women in those fields, uh, research shows that men, male doctors are being paid more. And even in traditionally female roles where males uh, have uh, in started increasing their position. So let's look at nursing Typically speaking, there's still far more female nurses than male nurses, although that's increasing to a certain degree. Even in those situations, male nurses make more than female nurses. So if you're going to put it or sort of boil it down to a bottom line, uh, there's a perception that women have less value than men. Why is this still happening? 
why do women have less value than men? I think is an historical thing. So I think even when well, when uh, new parents or would be parents are being asked uh, which gender they prefer, whether they'd like to have a male or a female, uh, you will still find that overall more couples will state a preference for males as opposed to female babies, and that's a historical women uh, world phenomenon where. Um, it's not male babies that tend to be killed off. It's female babies that tend to be killed off when there's restrictions on how many babies you can have. There's still more seen as a value for, for males than females uh, on some sort of bottom line. But we know that's wrong, Yet, it, and, and, and there are some societies where that happens. I get that. But in, if you look at our situation here, in, in, for instance, let's, let's focus on North America since this was a Canadian study. Uh, that we've talked about this, and, and governments have tried to respond, at least they've gone through the motions of responding, with gender equity laws and, and things of this nature and pay equity laws. Yet, notwithstanding the, you know, the legislation that's on the books, we still see examples of this where, as you say, two people, one male, one female, doing the, basically the same job, the male inevitably gets paid more. Yeah, and so uh, that just goes to show we've got a, quite a ways to, to go. And so it's time gets a re- relatively recent social phenomenon that um, that uh, women would be considered to be equal at a work, let alone seen to have a position in uh, the workplace. It's still we're still rooted in some fundamental assumptions about male and female roles, especially when it comes to where women should be. Sure, we should have women in the workplace, but let's not you know let's not kid ourselves. We also uh, haven't followed that up with. Um, really that much of an increase in terms of male involvement at home. If you look at studies around what happens in the, at the home, women still do by far the predominant amount of house cleaning, house chores, child care than men, even if they're both working outside of the home. So uh, that would certainly be part of the story in terms of the amount of commitment and time and effort it takes to reach the top of these particular jobs, to become a CEO of these particular companies, takes a lot of work, a lot of support, a lot of long hours. And so if you don't have the same kind of support at home, you're the one that's doing primarily the amount of work at home, can you can you even have the energy to have that same kind of commitment outside in your career beyond the home? But but for those companies, and let's face it, that's 98% of the ones that were registered in the, in the survey here, how can they justify looking at this? I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard some of the reasons, and, and so have you, I'm sure. They, they'll, they'll say things like, uh, well, you know, that, that individual, the male, uh, has been in the business longer, has more experience, maybe more talent, and, uh, uh, whatever the case might be. But uh, they, they seem rather specious, you know, attitudes uh, to, towards trying to justify something that really doesn't have any justification. Yeah, and, and so I think, you know, Spotlight certainly is shining on this, and I think that that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, we do have more of an emphasis on saying, look, uh, you can't, I mean, you can't justify this logically anymore. You can't say that we consistently hire the best candidate. I'm going to say, if we look at if we look at this breakdown, the article focuses on gender. But I'm going to make a big guess here, stab in the dark here, and say uh, that the majority of the people who are running these companies also have very, very pale skins. Uh, and that again, that's not that's not some sort of natural. Hey, pale skin people are just better at running companies any more than uh, hey. Um, more testosterone-based uh, entities have more success running companies. Now that's just that's a particular social bias that uh, that 
that is demonstrated, and that's why we really need this kind of this kind of spotlight, these kind of articles to come forward and say, look, you're not doing enough. You you can't just say this is just a natural selection. This is a specific way of looking at people that comes out of a discriminatory idea of what women and people of different ethnicities are capable of and who is making these decisions, who's making the hiring decisions. And, of course, the people who are making the hiring decisions typically tend to be still male with very pale skins. And, and listen, there's that argument, you know, to, to talk about, you know, things like experience and age and, and, and things of this nature. But there was a companion study that was done that, that I think really kind of underscores where the real concern here. And, and they found that even among people that are graduating, this is men and women, males and females, that are graduating with MBA degrees, so they're on equal footing technically from an education standpoint. Uh, and more often than not, the male averages about $8,000 more in salary in that first job that they get out of university. Both of them equally qualified. Uh, so, the, you know, age is not a factor. Experience is not a factor. They still pay the man more. Right. Yeah, so again, there's a, there's a couple things going on. There's still this clear uh, a higher valuing of men based on some sort of ideas about women or what men are capable of versus women. And some of these are sort of antiquated notions about males somehow being more logical, reasonable, calm under pressure, and more likely to be instinctually leaders, uh, less likely to be emotional slash weak versus women. So there's is, there any, is there any evidence to back that up? Uh, no, not at all. There's As a matter of fact, the reports I've read are just the opposite. They say women are the ones that that more uh, likely to embrace those characteristics. That's right, but that's just part of a story, right? That's just a part of a particular narrative that uh, allows people to continue to have a particular power position. That story wasn't generated by women. That story was generated by men as a way of being able to justify why it is that they would be able to be more likely to be in positions of power and great make larger salaries. That's that's not a women-generated story, of course, right? So that's one way of being able to justify it. There's, again, research is, is sort of edging, knocking that down bit by bit. Um, but then the other one is, look, there is a bias. Like, I think that when men and women are considered for a position and someone's hiring male versus female, there is this idea, like, which one of you is going to go more likely to be on, like, uh, on leave because you're having a baby. Who's going to be taking care of the baby? How much commitment can I get from you in terms of, for from you in terms of what you're providing for this particular company? Look, we know that there's huge inequity, like I said, in terms of childcare and responsibility at home. So, where are you going to get uh, most bang for the buck? Who can you squeeze most out of? Well, you're still likely to get more out of a guy because there's still this sort of double burden on women in the workplace. They're working at home, and they're working at, at, uh, at uh, slash work outside of the home. And that's not to say that men aren't being involved in the, in the home, and I'm not wanting to slag a lot of men who are doing wonderful jobs being equal partners at home. Uh, but still, generally speaking, if you look at research in terms of who does what, women have double employment much more than men do. Yeah, but isn't that a rather feeble excuse to try to justify not giving women that promotion? Uh, well, you know, she may go on mat leave. Well, not every woman in the workforce goes and has children, so that's 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 a, a, a supposition that may or may not be true. Uh, and as you mentioned, the fact that, well, I've got to go home early, I have to pick my kids up because they're sick at daycare, all these sorts of things. Those are, those are stereotypes, and it seems as if they're still making those decisions based on those stereotypes. Yeah, I think that that's true, but when when there's a certain part of it that's real, then it's not just a stereotype. If it's if if there is more burden on one gender uh, to be responsible for childcare and for maintaining the sort of domestic environment, 
if that's the case, then that's not just a stereotype. That's actually reality. That's what needs to change. There needs to be more of an emphasis on sort of shared partnership outside of the home and inside of the home, because if you don't, then there's going to be that imbalances outside as well. If there's an imbalance within the home, there's less, more likely to be an imbalance outside of the home. This whole idea of women and men are capable of all these things equally, that needs to be uh, addressed both on the home front and the outside of the home front workplace. Men should be really um, encouraged to see that they are just as capable of being great parents and wonderful role models and nurturing people at home just as women need to be encouraged to see that they're just as capable of being running a company, making decisions, and being in leadership positions outside of the home. I mean, this is a story about businesses, but I mean, this you, you can obviously transpose this onto the political realm and, and and just about any other realm too, because we see these these same ratios of inequity that it seem to be present in just about every field. Yeah, well, especially fields where there are low paying occupations. So if you if you look at the lowest paying occupations, you will see that they are predominantly, predominantly, not always exclusively, predominantly um, really gender oriented towards women. There are far more women uh, who are working in restaurants, who are uh, operating fast, sort of over fast food, uh, taking sort of cleaning positions, uh, child care positions. Uh, these tend to be, the lower paying jobs tend to be much more populated by women. So there's still an idea that, uh, that um, you know, women have less value. We want to put them in places where we don't have to pay them as much, uh, and we are going to encourage them less likely than we are of men. Men shouldn't be in positions where they're making so little money, because after all, they're supposed to be leaders, uh, you know, financial leaders for the family and financial leaders and leaders of of uh, occupations outside of the home. Uh, but again, they, they, there you go with a stereotype, you know, suggesting that, well, you know, the man has to be paid more because the man is the breadwinner in the family. I mean, that's not right. true in many instances. It's just not true anymore. Yet that's still what they seem to cling to to justify their, their, their movement. Yeah. So, uh, you know, stereotypes tend to take a little bit of time to, to change, that's for sure. And But again, you know, Truth isn't necessarily the leader here in terms of decision making. What's what's the leader is becoming being able to come up with a, a good story, a good rationale for why things are going to have to be the way they are. So, um, you know, we still have stereotypical language that needs to be changed. So if you if you look at a man who if you look at a man who's going through a difficult time or is being you know sensitive or thoughtful or caring in some way. Uh, you can say, but this man will say, oh, you know, that woman, that man is really demonstrating his feminine side. But we don't have equal language. We don't have the same kind of language. So if we see a woman who is being, I don't know, assertive and um, very direct and uh, very reasonable, rational, and calm under pressure, we don't say, oh, that is a woman who's demonstrating her masculine side. We, we still have language that sort of specifies what we see as being feminine or masculine and how it's an exception for men to demonstrate those particular qualities. And when women are that way, we're more likely to refer to them not as being assertive, but as being bitchy and not, you know, overly aggressive, and we're not comfortable about that kind of thing. We're not, they're not supposed to be that way. They're supposed to be kind, loving, supportive people. 
And the key factor is that you're supposed to be supportive of other people as opposed to leading other people, because if they take charge, well, then we're uncomfortable. It's kind of bitchy in a way. It's awfully frustrating to know that there are so many people that still cling to those stereotypes, though, and that that seems to be the foundation for this inequity. And, and here we are in 2017 now. Uh, hoping that uh, that you know stories of, of of women crashing through that, and we heard this again last year in the presidential election, you know the Hillary Clinton thing, and I understand there's a lot of reasons to not like Hillary Clinton. I get that, but you, I I heard loud and clearly from an awful lot of people in the states, they just weren't comfortable voting for a woman to be president of the United States. So I mean, it exists even at that level. Yeah, well, power doesn't give up power easily. And so if historically men have been in positions of power, then it's not going to be, you know, gently, easily transitioned. There has to be a real movement and encouragement and teaching a lot of education that's going to be put in place because people in power don't like giving up power, and they're going to come up with good reasons for maintaining it. And historically men have been in positions of power in society. That's, that's just a given. And so in order to change that, you know, we're going to have to overcome all these kind of stories that have been perpetuated for many, many years that justify why men should hold these roles and women shouldn't. That's going to take time. It's going to take a change in language. It's going to take a lot of education. And it's going to take, um, you know, policies that really put forward this, re- this real need to make sure that men and women have equal opportunities like any ethnicity, people from any ethnicity or any sexual orientation have equal opportunity and they're not being discriminated against. But there's no reasonable or rational reason to deny them uh, the same positions that uh, anyone else has. Sadly, we're moving at glacial speed on this, too. Theo, we got to break it off at this point. Thanks so much for the time. Great talking with you again today. You're welcome. Take care. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.